0: Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott, joining you on Oilers Now. And we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. And welcome back to the show, one of the most plugged-in men in the business. This is a guy who... uh he broke every single Seattle expansion player that was claimed in the expansion draft. Uh, daily face-offs, Frank Cervalli for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino every Friday and Saturday. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Hello, Frank. How you doing?
1: Pretty good, Bob. How you
0: doing? Good. Uh, we have, By the way, we have the awards coming up on Monday. Yep. Um, and I know... And and maybe just, and we'll get to all of the the sort of hot tips and rumors and some of the stuff you've mentioned over the last week, but maybe explain to the listeners, you know, uh, I know there's a PR award that is, it's done by conference now,
1: right? Uh, It's not been announced yet, but I'm happy to share the news with you and your listeners. Okay. Oh, so we're getting this Uh, first? uh, You are. And it's also uh, the, the Dick Dillman Award is heading to Edmonton. For top uh, PR staff in the Western Conference. So congratulations to Jamie Cartmell and Sean May and, and everyone that works behind the scenes at the Oilers. Thank you for your service to uh, to the media and we So you could just, you, you could arbitrarily just put that out there?
0: I guess you just uh, I mean did. I
1: am the president of the organization and it has been decided and I did let them know, so not a surprise to them. Uh, press release coming in uh, the next day or two. All right, well, Jamie, but uh, you preempted it so i go I'm ahead not and feel uh,
0: Brendan, feel free to uh, uh, send a tweet out on that from our account. That's wonderful. that's great news. Uh, very I, I, I would say that uh, Jamie I met Jamie when he was working with Dave Jameson, uh with the uh, Edmonton Eskimos at the time. Uh, <laughs> he did one of the funniest things I ever saw. Uh, there was oh, what a dr- was that? I can't. could barely yeah. hear you then. I said he did one of the funniest things I ever saw The guy had a coming to But one of the louts decided he wanted to run on the field And I'm not saying who did it But it wasn't a player and uh, some guy got knocked ass over tea kettle on the play. So, uh, <laughs> because uh, you're not really supposed to be running on the field, you know what I mean? I love you, when
1: Bob tells a story and you can barely hear what he's saying because he's laughing at himself. I'm oh, just man. thinking I wished I'd done that myself.
0: But uh, anyhow, looks so that's great. Well, so but what I was going to say is how many of the awards are decided by the professional hockey or yeah, professional hockey writers association. <laughs>
1: Uh, Off the top of my head, Hart, Norris, Calder, Lady Bing, Selkie, Ron Smythe, first and second all-star teams, all-rookie team, and I I think I'm forgetting one.
0: So uh, the one that Nurse is up for, uh, the Oilers have three players going to the awards, I believe, right? Connor McDavid's obviously up for the Hart Trophy. Uh, The Lindsay is voted upon by his peers. Uh, Stu... I also forgot the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Okay, the Bill Masterton Trophy. Uh, and Stu Skinner's up for Rookie of the Year. Did you? Buy,
1: or can you? When do you guys release who you voted for? Uh, we can share our ballots after the awards are handed out on Monday night. Okay, so at that time, uh, is is there a chance that uh, Stuart Skinner would have merited consideration from you? Uh, he did merit significant consideration for me. Um, you know, I, I felt like, and and I think we've talked about this, the impact that he had, Um, you know, if you, can, if you go back to late December, early January, and the Oilers were kind of scuffling along, it sounds funny to say now, but I'm not entirely certain the Oilers make the playoffs if not for the contribution that they got from Stuart Skinner, picking them up at a time when Jack Campbell had really dropped the ball. So, Um, For me, and for that reason, as special as a year that Matty Beneers had in the NHL, I think we kind of got past the point where um, when you consider, you know, some of the next-level all-world rookies that had entered the NHL, Beneers had a great year by any normal standards, but didn't sort of differentiate himself enough for me. I know Stuart Skinner had gotten some looks before in the NHL, And for whatever reason, voters discount that idea that it was like, okay, well, this is the third year that he's seen NHL action, he shouldn't be up for it. My point is if you're eligible for the award, then you're eligible and that's all that matters. And so for me, Stuart Skinner, um, I'm not afraid to say publicly, I won't reveal my whole ballot, but he went in the number one spot for me for the caller. All right, interesting.
0: All right, Frank, uh, you mentioned yesterday something about Kyler Yamamoto on, on, was it the Daily Faceoff podcast, or which one was it on?
1: Yeah, it was uh, on the DFO rundown, um, and I, I did mention that, you know, look, there's. I, I released a new trade targets board today on dailyfaceoff.com. We've got 40 names that are in play. Yamamoto is not the only Oiler. Warren Fogel is there, as well as Cody Cece. And no one's going to be surprised by any of those names being in the mix, not if they listen to Oilers now. And, you know, what I mentioned with regards to Yamamoto was I believe the Oilers have gotten enough calls and expressions of interest from around the league that you know if at one point you were considering that um you know one of those guys meaning fogel or yamamoto could potentially be a buyout candidate or would they have to attach an asset to trade those guys the answer i'm told is no that they've gotten enough interest to know that they have a place to send those guys which is a pretty comfortable position to be in you know i don't think they're by any means dying to move them. But the truth of the matter is the Oilers are trying to improve. And the only way you can really improve at this juncture with the salary cap is to also trade a couple pieces away and get some flexibility. And so they've presented two, you know, sort of interesting paths for the Oilers to go down if they want to.
0: How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. All right. Uh, Edmonton is not the team that's got the most players on there. Uh, I'd have to hazard a guess. Winnipeg and Philadelphia would be uh, organizations that you expect to see a fair amount of movement on this summer.
1: Yeah. The Flyers have six guys in our top 40. I think the jets have five Um, and they're all impactful pieces in Winnipeg, but everyone sort of had their eye on the jets and maybe in, in a lower degree Calgary Flames, depending on what happens with their attempts to re-sign Elias Lindholm and also um, Noah Hannafin on the back end. But for me, I think the Flyers are really one of the sneaky, fascinating teams to watch over these next two weeks. It's not just Kevin Hayes who they're looking to unload and retain salary on. But for my money of the entire top 40 names that are in play. Travis Konecny is the most valuable piece. Um, he could fetch the biggest return out of all of them, and that sounds potentially funny to say when you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's turning 25, that is a center that that could put up 30 and 30, you know, kind of with ease in this league, and has some some heft uh, and weight to his game. But Konecny at 26, coming off of a 31 goal season, 61 points in 60 games and has an edge to his game. Like I view him sort of when he's on, he's like Brad Marchand light. And he, you know, with two years left at that really attractive five and a half million dollars, people are probably listening saying, well, why on earth would the Flyers trade him? And the answer is because they're probably embarking on a five year rebuild if we're being kind. Danny Briere is just beginning to tear things down the timeline just doesn't add up and that's okay. They like Travis connectney you know, ideally in a perfect world, he'd be one of those core pieces on their team that gets them back to being competitive, but they haven't been, and it's gonna be a while. And so Travis me just for one player of the six that are on the board, you know, his value is never going to be higher than it is at this exact moment in time.
0: All right. Uh, We have Mark Spector on the show tomorrow. He wrote a piece today on the Oilers. He threw a bold prediction out on the draft, and I'm going to give you, uh, here it is, uh, Ryan McLeod, it's second round draft choice, and Kyler Yamamoto to Philadelphia for right winger uh, Travis Connecting, defenseman Nick Sealer. Who I I have a lot of time for. I kind of. I love Nick Sealer. He's a human nail gun. Yeah, and he's seven hundred and seventy-five. I mentioned on Friday's show there's a D-man out there that played a lot of minutes last year. That's you know could be very useful. Sub nine hundred thousand. Nick Sealer would fill that bill. Anyways, he had was he the guy? Um, He might make sense. The guy you were talking about. He might make sense. Anyways, uh, McLeod Yamamoto and a second for Konechny, Sealer and a third. I'd have to think that at that spec's suggestion. Uh, and McLeod's a useful player, probably a third-line center. Um, but I would think that Philadelphia, any trade involving Travis Connecty, has to involve at least a number one coming back. What about you?
1: At the very least. Like, I'm telling you, he's the most valuable player on the board. With all due respect to McLeod, there's zero chance that that's what gets it done. Yeah, I, uh, And to, DeMarc to Spector, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and that's uh, – what
0: about you, – you have uh, Sanheim on there as well?
1: Yeah, Sanheim uh, embarking on an eight-year, $50 million contract that he signed back in October. The no-trade clause kicks in on July 1. And, look, another guy that makes no sense for the Flyers' timeline. Why would you be paying a guy until his 35th birthday? for a team that's embarking on a five the hell are rebuild. what were they doing? What were they doing? I have no idea. But you know, here's what's funny. You, you might look at that contract and say, "Hey, who would be interested in that?" And my answer is, look at the deal Damon Severson just got at at same exact contract, 8 years, 50 million. With the way the caps going to continue to increase and increase, like I don't think that makes Sanheim out of whack at all.
0: Yeah. Interesting, but
1: the question is: Are the Flyers going to properly value the idea of just getting that off the books, as opposed to also looking for something in return?
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one,
1: Carter Hart. What are you hearing there? By the way, before we I answer that on Carter Hart, I just want to go back quickly to Ryan McLeod. Um, Yes, I don't. I understand that his name might pop up from time to time, and I'm not saying that he won't be traded. I just don't think right now the Oilers are all that enthused about the idea of moving him well they shouldn't be they think that he's got a lot more to give me too and they think that maybe trading a guy like him away you end up looking for that same player later on see i like guys that can
0: skate frank like you gotta you gotta have something what i don't like are non-dimensional players right uh any like you know, Rob Brown would come on our, uh, you know, he's our inside-the-game analyst on the Orders Radio Network, and he talks about the fact that there's 400 guys in the American League that can check. And either, you gotta you got to do something. So, in McLeod's case, he can transport the puck, he plays center. I, I don't even think he scratched the surface. I wish he had a little bit more of the bite that his brother has. It's ironic mm-hmm. that, you know, Michael's a right shot and, and Ryan's a left shot. But guys mature and grow into that in time. And realize they got to play with a greater sense. Now, there is a theory: if they don't bite, bite as pups, they don't bite as dogs. Okay, there is that theory. I think that can evolve in time. And so, I'm kind of with you
1: on McLeod. I think there's something there. All right, circling back. To- uh, so, by the way, just to put a bow on this, though, what what is his ceiling?
0: Fifteen goals, forty to forty-five points, fifteen minutes
1: a game, two-way center. Well, he's he's pretty far from that right now. Uh, not the not the fifteen goals, but forty-five points, and you know he's playing fourteen minutes a night. But to to bite off another minute or minute and a half from this team with the players that it has, you're going to really need to step your game up.
0: Well, it would I think it would help McDavid and Drysaddle if he could get there? Like, well, for sure it would. Like it would ease their workload. Now you're making me what look if, up. So
1: what if the Flyers? You know what? What if instead of looking at Travis Konechny, obviously the Oilers, I think, need help on the right side. There's no question about that. But what about Scott Lawton? As a third line center. Yes, we're essentially replacing. What? Ryan what, what is he at? Three million. Th- yeah, $3 million for the next uh, three years.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, okay I'm yeah. Just,
1: yeah. I, I think these are all the types of things that you spitball and you say, well, like look at Lawton. He was a pedigreed player, first-round pick that really struggled in the NHL to start went back down to the ahl in 2017 he was a 2012 pick went back to the ahl in 2016 17 for a full season after getting like three years of nhl experience completely overhauled his game learned how to become a complete player and has now continued to build and build and add offense and as interesting as that storyline is the first person i think of is ryan mcleod and say there's no reason that Ryan McLeod can't be Scott Lawton. He well, might they, already be close to Scott Lawton.
0: And if you can get him done at three years at 2000000 million, you're spending a million less a year on him, and every dollar counts for the Evans All right, I mean something. Uh, I want to circle back to the goaltending, because could we see a chain reaction with the goalies? So I'll give you an example. Do you think John Gibson needs a trade out of Anaheim? I reported last week or two weeks ago that he has it asked for a trade okay so let's just say hypothetically he gets moved to pittsburgh i don't know how they make it work but they make it work
1: that's that i don't think that's going to happen but i'll play along
0: okay and tristan from pittsburgh so, so then, Trist, then tristan then tristan jerry gets moved somewhere okay okay like uh, we could see he's Col- a free agent right so yeah interesting and then we got carter hart what do you got would would, would philly be interested in John Gibson, or is it too much of a rebuild? Does it doesn't make no sense given the fact they're headed down Rebuild Island here.
1: No, John Gibson is tired of losing, so he he's wants to go. It to, up to, he's had it up to his eyeballs. He's not in for another rebuild. So, so, where do Hellebuck and Gibson end up? You tell me. Hellebuck's been hard to handicap. I. I still, for me, the fact that LA hasn't re-signed Corbassa,lo I have a sneaking suspicion that they're in the mix for him, but no firm confirmation one way or the other. I mean, Hellebuck I could see making sense in a number of different places. Um, I, I could see, even though they have Vanacek and Schmid, like I could see Hellebuck making sense in New Jersey, for instance. You know, you've got a, a great core of, a, of of a team that you've built what's the one missing piece left? I don't see Carolina paying for a goalie. Um, Toronto's in the market for one, but the other part of the Hellebuck equation is then paying him to stay. My guess is he's somewhere in the $8 million plus AAV range on his next deal, which is going to be expensive. Can, he, can even a team like LA be able to afford that? The Hellebuck... The idea of Hellebuck is so enticing and intoxicating, but the execution of Hellebuck is a lot harder. Yeah. Uh, and Carter Hart, to answer your question, um, available. Every guy on the Flyers is available, and I'm told, in talking to a number of GMs around the league the last few days, that he Danny Briere is very aggressive in both listening and engaging in talks he wants to trade he's ready to trade he wants to get this rebuild rebuild rolling carter hart every player is available except for cutter gautier their top prospect and carter hart there's been interest and teams on a theoretical level are interested in carter hart but i think it's really difficult right now at least from the gms that i speak to around the league to trade for a player that's connected to the 2018 World Junior Team Canada team and the sexual assault investigation that's pending because no one knows if any punishment is going to be coming from that and no one would want to acquire a player and then have that player be forced to sit out for any period of time. So I think whatever talk had existed around Carter Hart has cooled Mm. and I think that's something that's on the back burner. Not to say never, but at least... Until everyone knows more. So And by the way, not implicating Carter Hart, I'm saying the entire team. Yeah. Well, I mean there's a
0: player that didn't play in the NHL at all last year that is a legit second line left wing all day that's big and can skate and plays a bite, and that's Alex Formanton. And uh, he he was on that team and I would have to think that the asset required to get him would be a second round pick, but I'm going to assume what what have you heard from the league? Like, or I know Gary
1: said virtually nothing it's taken forever. what it is taken forever. It's yeah, it's we were supposed to hear something before last season started, and what happened was the NHL didn't want to hand out any punishment, even though they felt that their investigation was, quote, substantially complete. That was the quote yeah. from Bill Daly then. They didn't want to do that without being in lockstep with the London, Ontario police service. And because they were a bit slower and behind, they couldn't really compare notes. And I think now that process is coming to an end. And I don't think the NHL wanted to do that right in the middle of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, for the was formative.
0: The only guy that's not on an, well, you know, that's an NHL player that didn't play last year off that team. Correct. I'm just trying. to I don't recall anybody else from that team, that was a legit NHL player that wasn't an elite, because he is a legit NHL player.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I think he was the only was one. One of the most bizarre circumstances and situations I can remember. Yeah. So without anyone having any knowledge, everyone else, or at least any formal, you know, certified knowledge from the NHL. All these other players in the league were still playing, and he's the one guy sitting out. Now, was it,
0: I mean, obviously the contract was part of it. We, You know, absolutely contract was part of an interesting situation, uh, to say the so least.
1: The Ottawa Senators would respond and say, we offered you a
0: qualifying offer, and you didn't take it. There we go, and that's an important distinction, but the guy ends up playing. So not. we're not quite sure what happened there. I just want to mention he was the one guy that didn't play in the league last year after having a decent season the year before. Uh, Frank, which team do you think is going to be – we are – July 1st is basically, what, 11 days away here. Uh, which team do you think is going to be most active between over the next two weeks?
1: Well, I, I mentioned a couple of them. The Flyers, the Jets, uh, the Calgary Flames. Let me give you a sneaky one that not a lot of people were talking about, but I shared some news today on Daily Face Off Live – The Arizona Coyotes are ready to turn it up a notch. They want to be more competitive next season. And the team without a home, so what does this mean? They're not trading away guys like Kraus And Keller. And Keller and Schmaltz. They're not going to be taking on new bad contracts so it's no longer going to be a dumping ground for that you saw they did buy out zach cassian today and patrick nemeth but they're going to be shopping for pieces on the market they're going to be you know they're not shopping at gucci or prada they're closer to the walmart aisle than that but they are going to be in the mix for free agents trying to convince them to come to Arizona and they're going to be on the trade market. They've got 22 picks in the top 100 over these next three drafts. (laughs) And they, the first off you can't even sign all those players. So you're going to have to trade them. They have eight second round picks in the next two drafts alone, 2024 and 25. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them package a few of those together and maybe see if they can get, some bargain fines and try and improve this team on the margins and make them better. Again, not big game hunting by any stretch of the imagination, but have drawn a line in the sand. And and there's an edict in place to get better, get more competitive.
0: Frank, we need a 15 second answer. Zach Cassian bought out today. Should the Evans Oilers contemplate bringing him back at 750 K?
1: No. There you go. And the answer is love Zach Cassian, love what he brings, love his energy, but I think the game has passed him by from a speed perspective.
0: Okay. Uh, love it. Talk to you next Tuesday when you're at the draft in Nashville in the Ords, okay? Take care, Bob. That is Frank Ciravale for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live Third Racing back at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino every Friday and Saturday. For more info, head to thehorses.com. Guests and Oilers now receive Roos Chris gift certificates. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle the Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. You tell Chris and Chef out that Oilers now sent you. Open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until close. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And when we come back, the the assistant general manager of the Edmonton Letters, Brad Holland.